Grace Church. So glad you're with us this morning. So blessed to be together worshiping Jesus. If you're able to, wherever you're at, can you stand up with me? We're going to celebrate God together. We're going to make a big deal. Let's make this an active moment of worship. Amen. Come on. Amen. Here we go. One, two, three. One, two, three. Yeah.
celebrate your goodness, God, in all the ways you've expressed it to us, in all the ways you've shown your goodness. Thank you, Jesus. Let's tell him. Let's tell him about his goodness. fills me all my days I've been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up till I lay in my head oh I will sing of the goodness of God come on and all my life you have been faithful So, so. 
with every breath that I am able. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Oh, yes, I will sing of the goodness of God. Yes, I will sing of the goodness of God is your goodness Lord here is still forever your goodness Lord is eternal your goodness is with us forever Stand on your goodness, Lord.
yet. We say hallelujah this morning. We say hallelujah, glory to God, to the one and only true God, the God that redeems us, the God that saves us, the God that shapes us and transforms us into the image of his son. We say hallelujah to you, God. You're the God who bought us back. Just like your word says, brought us out of darkness and into your marvelous light. So God, we give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise this morning. Because you're always worthy of it. Always worthy of it. In Jesus' name. And wherever you're at, you declare, Amen. Amen. Good morning, Grace Church. We are so excited to be with you this morning. Thank you so much for welcoming us into your home this morning. Um, I'm Dylan. This is Tasha. Okay. Um, if you couldn't tell, we're the youth pastors here at Grace Church. Uh, right now, we're just going to continue with worship. We're going to go into tithes and offerings. It's always so good to give a little to a God who uh, just gives so much back in return. Uh, so if you can just pray with me, family, you're just going to go for it. God, we thank you that you are a good God. God, we thank you that you are able to multiply and touch nations and, 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 and everybody, God. So right now, we just pray for our tithes, God. I pray that it would touch every single person a federal way, God. God, that it would have a large impact, God. That we'd be able to bless our community, God. God, we just give it to you now and say yes to whatever you have us uh whatever you have for us god god we love you and thank you and we praise you for what uh will come out of this god in jesus name amen 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 all righty well let's get back to service and give a warm welcome to pastor paul well good morning it's so good to be with you this morning uh we want to say thank you for inviting us into your homes you know one of my favorite parts of the week is every Sunday morning when uh, we get to see your face pop up over the Facebook live stream. So we just want to say thank you for staying connected. Thank you for continuing to uh, invest and support the mission of Grace Church. And we're going to be in Philippians 3 today, uh, but first let's pray. God, you are so good to us, Lord. God, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for the time we get to come together uh, to read your word, uh, and, and just to, uh, to share the growth that you're doing in our hearts and in our lives. God, I would just pray uh, that our hearts and our minds would be open to what you have for us today. Uh, God, I just pray peace over every household that's tuning in this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we're continuing our series, uh, Pursuit of Happiness. Uh, over the last few weeks, we've, we've taken a look at the, the book of Philippians. It's the letter Paul writes to the, book, uh, to the church in Philippi. Um, reaching out to them, and, and we've, we've looking at what Paul's talking about happiness and joy and how that relates to how we continue to, to have these things, even through times that are tough. The first week, Omar highlighted that uh, when we approach happiness and joy, we want our priorities and our perspective to be eternal. Yeah. And, last, yeah. and last week, Omar gave us five ways that we can leak joy and five solutions yeah. on how to prevent that from happening. And right. I, I don't know if it's just during this time where I feel like there's not really any major events ever happening. I mean, the biggest event of the day is just remembering what day of the week it is. Yeah. And so this idea of, of having joy, feeling joy just kind of leak out of us uh, has been really impactful for me this week and, and being mindful of the tools that God gives us uh, to make sure that we're not letting that continue to happen. And today we're going to be in, in chapter 3 of, of Philippians, looking at another thing that Paul talks about.
about in regards to our joy and our happiness. And, and that's confidence. And confidence can be a pretty interesting uh, word. I know it is for me. I, confidence to me is kind of like that game hot and cold, right? It's, the closer that I get to feeling confident, the warmer I feel, you know, the, the more I feel like I can be myself, the more I feel like uh, that I'm, I'm impactful, that I'm, that I'm able to uh, contribute something of value. Uh, I feel joyful and optimistic about what I'm doing and, and what the future holds. But the further away from confidence that I feel in any given moment, I can feel my countenance and my demeanor grow cold. And I begin feeling vulnerable and, and I begin feeling like uh, I might be inadequate to what's going on or, or unhelpful to those around me. And I can start feeling like joy isn't something that's, uh, that's something that I can experience in those moments, the further away from feeling confident that I am. Uh, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels that way. And it's something naturally that we do because we want to be as close to this confidence as we can. So we start... We start building and we start investing in things and, and we start gathering things around us that help us grow our confidence level so that we can feel effective, so that we can feel successful. And what we find in, in, in chapter three is, is Paul talking about the things that he spent his entire life up to this point building around him to, to, to create this level of confidence in him where he would feel successful and he would feel like, like his life has been meaningful. And it begins in, in chapter 3, verse 1, where he says, Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is of no trouble to me, and it is safe to you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus, and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. And Paul starts off this chapter talking about these dogs, these evildoers. And technically, he starts off uh, by saying finally, which we all know is just pastor speak for I'm about halfway through what I've got to, to say to you today. Uh, but I feel like maybe some of you guys might be nodding off. So just stay with me. I promise to land the plane. Uh, but he starts talking about um, uh, these, these people that were in the lives of the people of the church of Philippi and, and what they need to watch out for. And he instructs the church to build a confidence built on redemption instead of religion. And these dogs that he's referring to are these people that are known as Judaizers. And they're people that would profess uh, to be Christians. And they would stand on the teachings of the gospel. But they begin to bring in other teachings to layer upon that. And we know that anything that we add to the salvation story beyond Jesus makes it become more about religion than it does about the saving work that Christ has done for us. And because it was a natural uh, tradition at that time to, to implement the, the teachings of the Jewish faith and, and the religiosity that came out of uh, decades and decades and generations and generations of obligation and, and guilt and requirements, 
Um, and so the people of this time are open to these teachings. It's, it's something naturally that they would hear and there would be part of it because, you know, we know like sometimes, you know, every, every lie has a bit of truth attached to it. That's the end that gets uh, the lie into our heart because we grapple onto the part of it that's the truth. And sometimes if, if we're not careful, we let teaching that is not fully of, of God uh, become what we uh, establish as truth. Mm-hmm. And that's what Paul is reaching out to, these, uh, to this church and, and, and uh, encouraging them to pay attention to what the teachings are being told are. Mm-hmm. And that, that we need to make sure that we're staying as far away from, from this pull towards religious obligation and rem- remem- remembering the redemption right. that Christ brings right. through him alone. And he does this by comparing them to predatory dogs. And it's not the dogs that's probably the dog that's probably curled up on the couch next to you right now. <laughs> this image of this, this predatory uh, street scavenger that's that's out for destruction and 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 uh, and 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 just a, a very uh, un um, unloving, unfaithful uh, thing. Uh, and we see that people are are brought into this because in the same way that Paul has lived his whole life trying to uh, get to a level where he is confident in, in the success of what he's established his life around, we know that people are drawn to this too. And he wants to explain that this thinking is a distraction that will lead to discuss, destruction. And he does that by talking about a confidence built on faith instead of the flesh. And I love talking to people that know a lot about what they're talking about. Uh, the experts of different categories, they always have the best stories. They always have the best advice, or the best uh, tips and tricks. And, and I find that in my life, I, I, I uh, have a certain person for each uh, situation that I go to. I don't know if you do too. If, if I have a question about cars, uh, I talk to Mark. Right? If I need a TV or a movie recommendation, I give my brother Nathan a call. And if I have questions about dinosaurs, I hit up my main man, McAllister. <laughs> Any questions that I might have on dinosaurs that I'm feeling at the moment. Uh, which, brother, next time that we meet, man, I've got a lot of questions on stegosaurs for you. I've been building up. So, uh, but in the same way that McAllister's confidence in his knowledge and understanding of late prehistoric uh, times, Paul has that same level of confidence in the works of his flesh. And he's got the actions that back them up. And, and he begins like, you know, like, it's like someone reading his list of accomplishments before he accepts his lifetime achievement of awarding. He just begins talking about all the things that, that he's done. He starts off with being circumcised on the eighth day, which is not, you know, like cu- culturally, contextually means a lot different things to us now. And it's not something that I would naturally lead off with. I might hide that in the middle. Uh, <laughs> but what Paul is wanting to say is from the beginning of his life, there has, he's, he's always been in the forefront of, of meeting every obligation, every requirement uh, to be considered uh, just under the law. Mm-hmm. He goes on to talk about his heritage. He says, so the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, he's wanting to say that, that he's come from this, this tribe that is, is well-respected and well-known. The first king of Israel, Saul, comes from the line of Benjamin. Paul comes from the right side of the tracks. Then he goes on to say, Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, 
as to zeal a persecutor of the church. And it's, it's kind of interesting that he's bringing up things. You know, this is the same church uh, that he's speaking to that he persecuted and the, the teachers that he sought to destroy uh, and, 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 uh, and, and try to put under. And, and he's even using parts of his past that we would see as things that we would want to hide from uh, to explain just how much when he sets his mind to something, he, he goes for it. And he's accomplished everything under the law that he has set himself out for. And, and he closes with it as to righteousness under the law, blameless. You know, all things within Paul's human ability to accomplish the, his justification under the law, he has done. He's, he's that kid in class that has done all the extra credit, has made sure that the teachers collected all of the homework, and his whole life he's been obsessed with the pursuit of perfection. And then when he's reached that, it's, it's a great example for us to, to understand. You know, sometimes we, uh, we look at people that are successful and uh, we want to model our lives after that. And then sometimes it's, it's good to hear personal uh, stories of them to really have a, a good perspective of, of what we see might not necessarily being the actual reality of how things are. You know, it's how when athletes reach a certain level, when, they, when they've accomplished a certain thing, we stop looking at them as being arrogant. We start saying that they have confidence, right? You know, it's, it's when, when their game on the court can back up their mouth, that's when we start looking at it as something different. And, and Paul has Michael Jordan levels of, <laughs> of confidence. But at that same point, as, as we see the, the apex of everything that he's accomplished, he goes on to say this in verse 7. But whatever gain I had, I counted for loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurre resurrection from the dead. And Paul gets through reading his greatest hits and, and proceeds to call them all loss. And he speaks of them as rubbish. And that's rubbish, that's the translation, that's the safer church version, that the word itself is not a good word. Uh, and how many of us, when we go through our lives and we would highlight all the things that we've set out to do, would we, would we look around and turn and, and call them worthless and rubbish? But Paul has a different perspective at this point in his life. He's able to see his accomplishments and the things that he once strived for and the successes that he worked towards in a different light. Because he knows that everything that he was working to accomplish has already been done for him through Christ. And it's easy to get, for us to get distracted in the same way that Paul does. I, I think there's something um, that we hunger for to, to have control over our uh, 
over all our destination, over, over what we're able to accomplish or what we're able to get. And, and sometimes we can get so focused on uh, what things that we do have control over, we forget uh, that what Christ has already done for us, what we don't have to strive for anymore. And, and, and it's tough too, because a lot of times those works are the things that we get recognized by others on, right? And it's who wants, who wants to get recognized for things? We all do. We all want the, the affirmation that comes when someone says, hey, I saw what you did and you're doing good things. You're doing a good job. But if we have that eternal priority and perspective that Omar talked about, we start seeing things in a different light. We start weighing the actions that we have. We start weighing the works of the flesh in a different way. And we start seeing what Paul says when he says that, that a confidence built on God's promise instead of our past is what sustains our joy. Yeah. He starts in, in, in verse 12, he says, Not that I have already attained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. You know, part of coming into a relationship with Christ is, uh, is having our hearts and our minds changed. And when that happens, we start looking at our past in a very different light. And this is what Paul is going through in this moment. And at this time, he's got two possible choices to make. He can let the guilt and the shame uh, that would be uh, from a new perspective of what he's done, he can let that cripple him, cripple his joy and his hope for what God can still call him to. Or what he chooses to do in verse 13, where he says, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. And it's important for us to remember that, that at the time that, that, that God calls Paul, Paul is at his lowest, most wicked point. This is the point of Paul's life where, where he is in opposition to God and, and he is actively pursuing to bring an end to what God is calling the church to do. And, and for a lot of us, I think we, we, we look at uh, coming into relationship with God is something that we still need to be an active participant in to the point where we need to be at a certain point before we can enter into relationship with God. And we see an example of Paul where God is wanting to call us wherever we're at. That, that if we take our, our perspective away from the things that we have control over and we, we turn that into an internal uh, priority uh, perspective where we start understanding that the work that Christ has done is not something that we can do on our own. We start seeing everything that we do in a different light. We start seeing the works of our hands be less about a testament to ourselves, but, but more as a testament to God's work through us. That the, the, the way that he has changed our hearts, the way that he has changed our minds, that, that we start doing things out of a love and a desire to please him and not promote ourselves. And so I feel like God is calling us in this time to remember how and why we do the things that we do. 
that what we build our confidence into to try to retain our joy, that, that it would be something that would be found in him and that we would build our confidence on things that are eternal, things that can't be shaken, things that aren't contingent on how we're doing day to day or, or what those around us might be doing or, or any external uh, virus uh, things that might be coming in and causing our plans to change. And as we, as we come to the end of our, our energy, as we come to the end of ourselves, the only thing that we can rely on is just the grace that God has for us to sustain us in those times. And every time that we feel like we're falling short of what he has called us to do, we can be reminded and encouraged that God still has a plan for us and that he wants to see us actively participating in the works of his church. And I, I think that some of us might be worried that, that we still have a debt to be paid. It's, it's tough for us, and especially in a transactional type of society, society, where everything that we feel like we receive needs to be reciprocated, right? I mean, like, we don't like owing people things. There's no such thing as a free lunch, right? And, and instantly, our mind, we're skeptical about times where people are just wanting to give us something. And naturally, we can be skeptical towards Christ uh, giving us the free gift of salvation. There's something inside us that uh, is, it works against, and we're trying to figure out what it is that we can do to make ourselves holy. That the guilt and the shame that we have in our past prevents us from taking that step freely. I think some of us that are uh, joining us today, we might have felt like we've missed out on the time of our life that we could be effective for God. Or maybe you're watching this morning and you feel distant. Maybe you haven't been to church in a while. Maybe it's, maybe it's something where you haven't prayed or, or you haven't opened your Bible in a while. And, and there's this sense of, of needing to get to a certain point before you can start doing those things might be thinking, I just got to work some stuff out before I can make that step. I just want to encourage you this morning that, that if you're feeling distant, if, if that game of hot and cold is, is feeling uh, where you're feeling distant from God, where the confidence that you have in who you are to him and how he sees you is different from what we read in the Bible, what we know is truth of how God loves you. You are his child. And that there is nothing that you're going to be able to do that's going to separate that love from him. And this morning, I feel like we just need to come to the point where we accept what he's given freely. And to do that, we get to choose what we build our confidence in. And if what we've built our confidence in is those things that are eternal and non-shakable, it's easier for us to retain the joy that we find in our lives and through our relationship with Christ. If we build our confidence on our redemption, it gives no room for us to lose joy based off how squeaky clean our lives may or may not be. We, re we rest in Christ's death and resurrection as the only justification needed to return into relationship with God the Father. If we build a confidence based on faith, it removes any guilt that we have of failed accomplishments of our own. The works of our hands that we've toiled to that we now realize don't do anything eternal, that they aren't the things that are building us up or building the
the kingdom. They're not things that are added to our resume, but the things that we do unto God and out of the joy and out of the love that he's given us are a testament to his saving power and his calling on our lives. They give faith and encouragement to those who want the same. And a confidence built on God's promise brings hope where there is disappointment and celebration where there is shame. And like Paul, we don't have to look back at our past and wish that we had done things differently. We can press on towards the future that we have in Christ. Each day is a day for us to be reminded that Christ has new things for us each morning. That the things in our past, both good and bad, have no relation to how he sees us when we wake up and what he has for us that day. And as we close this time together, I just want to make this available. We have a number. If you're, if you're wanting prayer this morning, and you might be here this morning uh, needing someone to stand with you, that maybe confidence has been something you've struggled with your entire life, that, that you've, you've lost the joy that God has for you because you feel like you don't measure up. You don't meet the standards whether it's set by unrealistic religious expectations or, or what you feel like you should have put your hands to that you haven't. We have people that want to pray and stand with you in this time to speak truth over you and let you uh, be encouraged this morning. And maybe you just never made a decision to follow Christ. Maybe you're watching this morning and and you would like to do that, you can text this number and we'll call you and we'd like to pray with you. We'd like to talk about what it means to have a relationship with Christ. And maybe you're feeling this morning that you have made that decision at one point in your life, but for whatever reason, you're questioning whether or not you still fall into that same uh, relationship. That, that maybe there's things that you've done where you feel like you need someone to pray with you because you need to renew that decision. And you need someone to stand with you in that time. So I, I, there's nothing else that I'm going to say that's more important than, than you making that call. So feel free to do that now. But we just want to encourage you. We just want to pray over you. But as I close, let's, let's bow our heads. And God, I just want, I just want to pray that these words would, would fall softly on us, Jesus. That, that God, the encouragement that you have for us today would uplift us that would give us joy, that it would give us peace, knowing that there's nothing that we can do that would separate us from your love, that there's nothing that we can do alone, God, that would buy our salvation. And so all we have to do is accept what you've given freely and rejoice in that, God, and take part in the calling that you have on our lives. So God, I just pray peace and hope over all the households tuning in today. God, that we would go forward this week, Lord, uh, looking for your joy to be found uh, in the, the eternal confidence that we build. God, confidence in, in who you are and who you've called us to be, Jesus. God, we thank you for those things. We thank you for, for partnering with us and for calling us and for loving us and sending your son. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we just want to say thank you so much for joining us this morning. 
and we hope that you have an amazing week. You know, this is kind of your seven-day warning, uh, all guys and children, that Mother's Day is fast approaching, right? And we've got some really cool stuff coming up, so stay plugged into our website and to Facebook for more information on what's to come for that. Uh, but we love you guys, and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, if you want to stay connected, go ahead and be watching our Instagram and our Facebook page. Um, that's a great place to be plugged in. And then also, if you want any more information on our Zoom groups, go ahead and go to our website. Um, everything will be there that you need to know about that. We love you guys so much, and then we'll, we hope to see you guys next week.